Thank you guys for tuning in to uh, another episode of the TTE podcast. And today, um, no guest appearances today. It's just me. So I thought this is probably a pretty good point um, to take a step back and reflect. I've been doing this for a little over a year now. So um, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I thought I'd take a moment and sort of reflect on what the last year's been like. Um, sort of what I've learned through all of this and and share some updates with you guys and some some random thoughts of some things going on in the world and 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 whatnot. So the first thing I want to do is just really just say um that this has been a, a really, really wonderful experience to launch something brand new. Um I went into this a year ago really with the intention of sort of sharing my experiences and sharing sort of the world as I see it from my little corner of the world as a as an educated black man who's often misunderstood. But I think what I'm most proud of is that this podcast has evolved um, into something else. Um, it, it's a platform at this point, as it continues to evolve, something I'm proud of in the sense that it's become a safe place to have a difficult conversation. And I think we need more safe spaces to have tough conversations. So um, I'm proud of that. I, I'm, I'm grateful um, to everybody who jumped on the pod and joined an episode and discussed a variety of different topics, whether it was January 6th or, you know, Colts or um, what's going on from a sports perspective or uh, conservative views, liberal views. I'm grateful to everybody who's ever um, partnered with me and participated in uh, one of these episodes. I, I can't thank you guys enough. And uh, there's too many of you to thank, so I, I won't name anyone specifically, but um, I'm sure and I'm confident that I'll be asking you guys to jump on again, especially as things start to unfold around us um, from time to time. Um, also, there's really never a better time to start something brand new when you're sitting in the house all day. So I think COVID has um, impacted us um, in a lot of different ways. I, I know for me, um, being you know in the house all day, it was very hard to center my thoughts because I, I used to write and I want to get back to it, but it was very hard to center my thoughts enough to put them on paper. So having this outlet and this forum has really, really been helpful. Um, the other thing that I've learned is that this has also been a form of therapy, just in the sense that something's going on and I want to talk about it. And I've learned through this experience, it's much better to not bottle that up, to get it out, um, to not lock it up. You, you, it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to express what you're thinking and feeling. Um, and, and this has become a safe place to do that. So, um, I just want to thank all of you guys that um, have subscribed to this, uh, all you guys that, that have shared your thoughts and your feelings on it. I appreciate you guys um, more than you know, and it's really encouraged me to just keep going and keep pushing and uh, keep coming up with interesting topics that you guys might want to hear about or some subjects that you might want my thoughts on. So uh, I'm going to continue to push in that respect. So 
if there are specific things uh, that you guys think you want to hear about or you want to hear me discuss, by all means, please email the pod um, because I want to be able to touch on some things that you guys are thinking and feeling because one of the things I have learned is that a lot of us are thinking and feeling the same thing. And so, um, but at the same time, I want to challenge confirmation bias. Like, I think it's healthy to challenge what you think you know. Uh, I have a lot of friends of mine who know that at times I will take the opposite position and play devil's advocate, not because I believe in a particular position, but because I want to draw out their position because I want to better understand. And so some of my friends, those of you know who you are, who get frustrated with me when I do that. Uh, I apologize in advance, but I'm going to continue to do that because we really do get to the heart of things and we really do create interesting dialogue and good conversation. And I always walk away from those engagements, learning something and feeling like um, it's either an aha moment or I come away feeling like I'm a better person um, because of that. So um, I I thank you guys for that. I thank all of you guys that listen on a, on a regular basis. And like I said, if there are very specific things you guys want to hear about, um, please email the pod. And the email is talltattedandeducated at gmail.com. Um, email the pod and, and let's hear from you guys what, what you guys want to hear about or what you guys are thinking, especially going into 2022 because um, COVID's still with us. It's still going to be here. Everybody is transitioning to... Uh, much more of a work from home lifestyle now. It, it's highly, highly, highly unlikely that we're ever going back to a five day in the office work week. So what that looks like in the future is is anyone's guess. But this is having a a, a major impact on on lifestyle. Has a major impact on um, the energy that you carry because it requires a different energy to go into the office every day versus a certain type of energy to be able to work from home every day. And so I don't think we know what the long lasting impacts of something like that is, but let's talk about it because I think we're all living through it. So like I said, if you guys have some thoughts or some specific things uh, you guys want to hear uh, hear about, or you want me to discuss, email the pod and let's talk about it and see if we can't, um, either get you on the, on an episode or, or maybe I can, uh, discuss some of those episodes. Um, the two, uh, quick announcements I just want to make before I get into some, some random thoughts, topics of the day. Um, I know quite a few of you have started a small business, um, maybe in the past or even recently as a result of COVID. So um, I just want to plug that there are some advertising opportunities within the pod. So if you're interested in promoting your business, uh, email the pod and let's discuss how we can get you on the platform so we can plug uh, your small business. There's no reason why we all can't win. So again, the email is talltattedandeducated at gmail.com. And if you don't have a small business, but you know somebody who does, who may be interested, please send them my way. Would love to have a conversation with them to be able to get them to advertise uh, on the pod. And then secondly, I'm uh, in discussions to spin off a portion of this pod. Um, it's going to be all sports related. Um, it's going to be the the guys that normally do it with the four corner offense. So um, hoping to launch that sometime early next year to be able to launch a sports pod um, with those guys. So be on the lookout for that, hopefully sometime early next year. And so with that, 
I'm just going to share some some random thoughts, um, some things that are going on in the news, what's what's going on around us today. So the first thing I'll start, um, which has been really in the news really since this past Friday, um, is Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, acquittal, the trial up in Wisconsin. So for those who don't remember, um, Kyle Rittenhouse is the young man who back in 2020 um, had his mom drive him across state lines and with a rifle went into a protest and shot protesters and killed two of them and wounded a third. So there's been a lot of folks that are upset with the decision that the jury rendered. Um, I, I'm not sure that the jury could have come back with anything other than an acquittal for a variety of reasons, but I think at the end of the day, I think there's a deficiency in the in the law to some degree. And what I mean by that is I don't have any doubt that Kyle Rittenhouse felt threatened. And so he therefore used the rifle that he brought as a means of self-defense. I don't have any question uh, about that. However, the law is sort of silence probably not the right term but i don't know that the law was written in such a way that considered that the person claiming self-defense was the prov- the provocateur or the agitator as a re- and then as a result of that then turned around and claimed self-defense and so i think we have to take a step back and look at not just the law but what it means when you claim self-defense when you are the one that escalated it to the point where you felt you needed self-defense. And so for me, and I'm just speaking for myself as a black man, it's eerily reminiscent of Trayvon Martin in the sense that Trayvon Martin posed no threat um, at all. He's just a kid walking back from the store with his hoodie on and Zimmerman is the provocateur because there's an assumption that he is a threat for whatever reason you want to put on it. And then once they get into an altercation, he claims self-defense and he defends himself. And that's how the jury saw it. So I think we have to have a, we have to talk about this in the larger context of what does it mean to claim self-defense when you were the one that crossed state lines with a rifle to protect a business that wasn't yours. I think that's the conversation that we have to get to, Um, But I can't tell you that I was surprised that um, he was acquitted. I think I'm more um, frustrated, bordering on disgust uh, with how this decision is being celebrated by certain people and certain corners of the media. This is not something to celebrate and be proud of. This is not a, you know, a win for gun rights and gun advocates and all of that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't necessarily see it that way because two people died and they didn't necessarily have to. And when he gets on the stand and admits that he knew that one person didn't have a gun and he shot them anyway, uh, there's something that's just really uncomfortable with that. And so I just think we have to have a, a larger conversation around the law and your right to self-defense when you were the one that escalated it. I just I just think we have to have a larger conversation about that. And so maybe that's something that uh, we can tackle maybe in 2022, a, a deeper discussion on on what that means and and how we how we move forward with that. Um also in the news right now is closing arguments of the Ahmad 
Arbery trial. And so for those that don't know or don't remember, this is the young black man who is jogging through his neighborhood down in Georgia. And he is basically chased down and killed um, by three white men um, claiming that they were making a citizen's arrest. So this trial is in closing argument right now. So no decision's been made um, as of yet. I will say that in the little bit of the trial that I have seen, the defense attorney in here um, has really said some things that are, I, I find at a minimum out of bounds, um, at a maximum, highly, highly offensive and sensational, whether it's, we don't need more black pastors in the courtroom or disparaging, uh, Ahmaud Arbery and closing arguments down to claiming that his toenails were dirty and whether his toenails were dirty or not, that's not a justification to kill somebody. Because you assumed that they were committing a crime. That's, I think for most reasonable, decent people, that's a bridge too far. And for me, you know, here we are shaming another person who's not here to defend themselves and throwing dirt on their name so you can get an acquittal and stay out of jail. And I think it's just interesting the sort of, the way your mind works where you're so desperate to stay free and not be locked up that you'll literally say anything about anyone if it means you can keep your freedom. And so um, that that's highly, highly frustrating, but we'll just have to see how this uh, particular thing shakes out. The one thing I will mention before I uh, move on to something else is that apparently in the law in Georgia requires that if you are going to make a citizen's arrest, you actually have to see the crime being committed. And these, everybody's testified that they did not see the crime being committed. They just assumed. And so if we get an acquittal here because you assumed a crime was being committed, even though you didn't see it, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about this is the system working as it was designed. And honestly, it's hard to argue against that point because, you know, sometimes the, the color of your skin or the person you love or the religion you you subscribe to can be weaponized against you. And, and this is just another example of that. So we'll just have to see uh, how that shakes out. Uh, the other thing that's been in the news or this was in the news a couple of weeks ago um, was Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers being. Uh, how do I want to say cute with his words? When it found when it came out that he had tested positive for COVID and he was not vaccinated, I think the term he used going into training camp was immunized. And so, you know, hearing this, I guess I'm of two schools of thought. One, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty bright guy, but he always comes across as a tad bit arrogant, as if he's the smartest guy in the room. And I've always sort of subscribed to the idea that if you're the smartest guy in the room, then you're in the wrong room. But I think it's him getting cute with his words and then trying to play victim after the fact is and then claiming that some woke mob was coming from him, coming for him. When the truth is you lied. You lied. You said you got cute with your words and you said you were immunized. When they asked you, had you been vaccinated? That's a yes, no question. You said you were immunized and tried to get cute. Now, he later explained it that, hey, you know, I was concerned about the J&J for the blood clots. And the other two had ingredients that I was allergic to. And I said, okay, that's fine. But just say that from the beginning. I'm 
unvaccinated, and here's why I'm unvaccinated. And I know there's people out there who will say, well, it's a private matter, it's it's none of your business, it's in a third, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is where I think we're going to have to respectfully disagree because, A, he is the quarterback of an NFL team, so the public does have a right to know if he's not going to play. Um, two, the public is including gamblers. There's a lot of money on the line, so if he's not playing, people need to know why he's not playing. Um Thirdly, he owes it to his teammates. You're trying to win the Super Bowl. So you aren't willing to do everything that you could do, including get vaccinated. So maybe you don't want to get vaccinated. Maybe you're Kyrie Irving and you don't want to be vaccinated. Okay, cool. But you going to press conferences without masks, you not following all the rules and the protocol puts that in jeopardy. And as a teammate, I'd be pretty pissed. Uh, and for those of you that um, want to know how I feel about a teammate that doesn't pull their own weight, you can go back and look to the last episode I did with the four corner offense um, where I shared my thoughts on Kyrie Irving. My thoughts here are pretty much the same, that if it's important to you, the best ability is availability in, in professional sports. And he wasn't available to his team. And that was in his control. And as a teammate, you know, I'm not going to say it's unforgivable, because they could still win the Super Bowl. They're still one of the best teams in the NFC. But um, the sacrifices that we all have to make, um, it just didn't feel as if he was making the same sacrifices. And again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. But as a teammate, I, I want to be able to know that come hell or high water, you got my back the same way I got yours. And you're going to do everything you can to play. And it just didn't come off that way. And then for him to take the defiant position that he took just tells me that he has an inability to read the room. And then lastly, regardless of how you feel about him, you should no one should be taking medical advice from Joe Rogan. Just Joe Rogan. I don't know the man. I don't know anything about him, but I know he's not a doctor. And you can beef all you want about whatever, but the one thing you shouldn't beef with is science. You, 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 you shouldn't beef with science. So that's just my um, my my two cents on that. And that sort of leads me into the next thing I kind of want to talk about is it it seems like we're getting to a place where. um, Everybody's being pushed towards an extreme. Everybody is either super, super, super. um, Let's go Brandon about things or everybody is super, super, super in the camp of everybody's got to get health care. We've got to save the planet. Um, it's free this, free this, free this, free that. At least that's how it comes across. I don't want to paint my liberal friends or my conservative friends too much into a corner, but it seems like everything's so polarized that we're being pushed into extremes. I've always been a big believer that the solution's in the middle. The solution is not on either extreme at all. The solution is in the middle. But we can't get to the middle at all anymore because there is a severe lack of critical thinking. That we cannot have a reasonable disagreement without resorting to insults because my feelings um, are involved. Like you hurt my feelings. And I I just got to say, just because you feel a certain way doesn't make you right. It, it it just doesn't, you know, you can feel any sort of way about anything, but that doesn't make you right just because you feel that way. And we've got to get to a place where we can have real discussion around real critical thinking, because two things can be true at the same time. Right. 
but it, it feels as if we're moving to a place of absolutes where depending on what side you're on, the truth that you believe is absolute and, and should go unchallenged and unquestioned. And that's a dangerous place because no one has sort of eminent domain over the truth. We've got to get to some critical thinking where neither side, each side has valid points to make and find a way forward. And I know that's very Pollyannish. I know that's very wishful thinking on my part, but tell me how any of us benefit collectively if we're so polarized and so um, to the extreme. And, and I want to be clear. I think both sides do this. Um both sides do this a ton where you you demonize the other side without listening to legitimate concerns and thoughts and viewpoints. But there's a difference between a legitimate concern and viewpoint and fear mongering and the sky is falling and, you know, immigrants are moving to your town and this, that and the third. Like we've got to get away from like talking point rhetoric and really get to a place where we can have a conversation and we can reasonably disagree, but say, I see your point and your point is valid. I, I think we got to get back to that. And I hope to have more conversations like that going into 2022, where we can actually benefit from a constructive conversation and actually learn something without feeling threatened. But to be clear, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it's real. It just isn't, you know, your fear can be weaponized against you. But if we had more critical thinking, I, I, I'm thinking people could maybe see through that a little bit. So I hope to maybe explore some of that. And so um, enough with the serious stuff. Um, I'm just going to say Tiger King 2 is a train wreck. I don't know that we really needed it. However, I'm grateful that we have it. Um, it's not better than the first one simply because there's shock value in the first one that you just weren't ready for. Um, but I was grateful to get it. I finished it all in one night. I just want to say after watching it, I am uh, the second Tiger King. I'm more convinced that Carol Baskin had something to do with the death of her husband, uh, her ex-husband, Don Lewis. I, I'm, I'm more convinced of that never. I don't know how, but there are, there's just a lot there. But Don Lewis doesn't appear to have his hands clean in this either. Um, so I'm not going to give anything away. Other than just to encourage you to watch it and then share your thoughts with me, email the pod so we can uh, create a dialogue around Tiger King uh, too. And I'll just say the the one guy at the end who they sort of um, came for him um, there in Indiana, that guy was that his defiance was breathtaking um, only in the sense of his it was a staggering level of arrogance and it was a staggering uh, defiant position of the law when the law wasn't on your side. And I, I, I think back to the, um, there's a song Chris Berman used to refer to it when he was doing, uh, highlights for NFL highlights. And the song is something to the effect of, I fought the law and the law won. Like, yeah, bro, it was over for you. Like, I don't know what you're doing here. Um, don't cut off your nose despite your face. Um, and another thing, just as a man, don't add inches to your dick. Just don't do that. But, you know, some people just have to learn the hard way. So that was him. Um, Ohio State absolutely uh, uh, blew the doors off Michigan State. In effect, they beat them to sleep. Um, that's as good 
<laughs> of an Ohio State team as I've ever seen, at least offensively. I mean, they could really do no wrong, and they basically brought their own mercy rule out and took a knee with 30 seconds left in the first half. Those look like video game numbers. You are not going to see. You might not see anything like that again. And I just got to say that Ohio State has reached a level um, that I always hope they would reach, which is they are consistently a top five team and a threat to win the title. That this we don't have a gap in talent. We don't necessarily have a gap in scheme. It's more about you know execution and chemistry and all of those sorts of things. And you could tell for as good as Michigan State is, and I believe they're a good football team, but there's a massive gap in talent. And if you are going to play Ohio State, you have to match the talent. And you only do that through recruiting. So we've got Michigan this week. Everybody knows that's a big game, obviously. Um, As a kid growing up during John Cooper, I still see Anthony Thomas screen passes up the sideline for 35 yards in my sleep. However, I realized the other day there is an entire generation of children that have grown up that don't really know what it's like to lose to Michigan. And I just want to tell those children from the bottom of my heart, you need to thank Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer and Ryan Day for that. Um, because those of us that are old enough to remember, it was it was some lean years under Cooper, even though we had more talent. But the talent and the coaching has all come together. I think Michigan is a good team. I'm not one of these people that hates on Michigan every day. I want Michigan to be great every single day, save for one day in November. I want them to be great every day. And right now, Michigan is good. I don't know if they're great, but they're 10-1. and one. So their record suggests that they might be, but I want them to be good. I think Ohio State right now is a seven, seven and a half point favorite. So based on the offense, until I see somebody really stop their offense, because really the offense has only stopped itself, and that was early in the year, uh, I would lay the points uh, uh, for those of you that uh, like to partake in and that sort of thing. I would absolutely, I would, I would lay the points and take the over. I don't know what the over is. But I'd lay the points and take the over until somebody short of Georgia. I don't know that anybody can defensively stop them. So, um, yeah, Ohio State should win it. Not worried about if it's Wisconsin or Iowa. Not worried about them, especially Wisconsin. We own them in Indy. Um, go back to 2014. They didn't score a point in uh, 59 nothing. So, um, but I will say, though, I hope this shakes out in such a way as to where we play Cincinnati um in the in the semifinal bowl game. That's my sincere hope. Um Cincinnati's a good football team. I hope they make the playoff. It's a great year. Um but but let's test them. Let's see. Because if you're not recruiting at the level of Ohio State or Alabama or or Georgia, I mean very I mean Oklahoma, Clemson are probably recruiting at that level. If you're not recruiting at that level, you really have no shot. But Cincinnati seems to think that, you know, they are I think I think I saw at one point because they were undefeated they feel they're the best team in the state. Well, let's 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 put it up. Uh let's see what they let's see what they got and let's see how big the gap is. So, my sincere hope is that we play uh Cincinnati in the 
In the semi, we get Georgia in the final, and it's our offense against their defense, and, and let's go. I don't really, not really too concerned about their offense because I think we got enough on defense. So if we can move the ball on them and we've got the receivers, it's really about the offensive line. So if we can do it, let's make it shake. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy that Ohio State has reached this level. Uh, so good luck to them boys on Saturday. Uh, I'll be watching you guys. Cheering you guys on. And then lastly, um, I have a lot of friends and a lot of family who are very, very excited about the new Spider-Man movie. And I just want to say um, I am I'm joining your clan. I am on the bandwagon. I did not grow up reading comics as a kid. It was just something I just wasn't into. But I can't get enough of these movies. Like, I'm a big, big, big fan of these movies. And this Spider-Man movie... I think is a great way to end the year because I think it's just going to blow the doors off your mind um, with what's rumored to be in it, what potentially could be in it. And then all of the end credit scenes where they set up what's coming next. Um, I'm really, really excited uh, for this Spider-Man movie. So I will be consulting my uh, resident encyclopedia, which is my sister who knows all things uh, comic book to make sure that I've got the proper foundation to go into it. So I didn't mean for this to turn into an infomercial for Marvel, but um, I'm pretty excited about the Spider-Man movie. I think it's a great way to end the year. Um, and so with that, just want to thank everybody again. Uh, I thought it was a good time to take a minute and reflect um, on the year that was. Uh, I appreciate everybody subscribing and listening and supporting and sharing your feedback and your thoughts. This has been a really, really rewarding experience to do something like this. This is sort of outside of my comfort zone, or it was when I started. And I feel like every time I do this, I get, you know, two or 3% better every time. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Um, don't forget to, to share your thoughts um, on the pod. Uh, to email the pod. Make sure to share it um, with your friends and family as well, especially when we have interesting topics and conversations, because I'm always interested in getting new perspectives. Uh, make sure to share it with anybody that's got a small business that's um, considering advertising. I uh, want to be able to partner with you guys, because again, like I said, there's no reason um, why we why we all can't win. So, you know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, you know, spend time with your loved ones. Make sure you hug. Hug on the people that you care about the most. Uh, always make sure to tell everybody you love them, especially the people you love, because none of none of this is tomorrow or promised for tomorrow. Um, and remember, we ain't come this far to come this far. So with that, uh, I want to thank you guys for for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. And we're going to keep this thing rolling into 2022. Thanks a lot. Peace.